Welcome to We Need to Talk About Study, the show where we talk about men and women from history named Stephen. There have been many Stevens, Stefanis, Stefans, Stevies, a Stefans, movies, TV, music, books, history, publishing. Stephen is one of the most powerful names that has ever existed. And this is a podcast dedicated to the men and women who have borne the name. All right. Welcome again to another episode of We Need to Talk About Stephen. I'm Sean, and I'm joined, of course, by Mike. With him, as always, is Mike. With me, as always, is the intrepid Mike. (laughs) How are you doing, Shawnee? I'm good. What does intrepid mean? I don't know. It's a spaceship, right? <laughs> I think so. Or is it a an uh, aircraft carrier? Yeah, a- aircraft carrier. I what's always... a what's a USS Ronald Reagan? Yeah, mom, what's a Reagan? <laughs> what's a Ronald Reagan? Well, um, I don't know what episode we're going to release our first, uh, or what order our first few episodes are going to come out in, so this may very well wind up being our first, we don't know. Yeah, we might do one of those where we get really good around five and then just go backwards, and then someone's like, at number five, and they're like, this fucking sucks. This is terrible. Why is the quality denigrated so much? Exactly. So, you know, we're going to tell you now what this podcast is about in brief, just in case this is your first time or it's the first episode. Um, Mike, you want to give them a little heads up on what we're doing here? Yeah, basically every week or whatever, me and Sean get together and talk about a famous person or someone from history with the name Stephen. It's either first name Stephen, last name, spelled differently, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck it is, we don't care. There's a lot of fun and interesting people named Stephen, and we figured this is a good way for me and Sean to get together once a week and hang out and uh, record all of our conversations. Exactly. And there's a lot of fun research to do. There's so many interesting Stevens, as Michael said. Uh, we'll also be accepting Stefans, Stefanis, uh, Estefans, Stephanies, anything where you could make a good argument that the name is actually Steven, we're okay with that. Yeah, maybe we can even do, um, like, say there's an actor or someone we like, and their name is not Steven, but if their character's name is Steven on a show or a movie mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. like, we'll do that because... We're little baby Stephen whores. That's right. We'll wrangle them in there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, between us and you, we've got a list of probably 50 famous Stevens already. So yeah, it will a be a while before we have yeah. to reach. All right. Well, um, this week we have a very, very special Stephen picked out for you. I'm not sure if you'd call him one of our favorites or one of our most abhorred, but... He might be the lo- most like infamous or something like that. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the most notorious Stevens. Yeah. Well, Mike, do you want to... Yeah, well, let's introduce him. All right. All right. Today on We Need to Talk About Steven, he's an actor, producer, musician, martial arts expert, and adopter of regional accents. He's the holder of three citizenships, including America, Russia, and Serbia. My God. He's an environmentalist, animal rights activist, and reserve deputy sheriff. Vladimir Putin calls him his friend, and Lauren Michael called him a jerk. He is <laughs> Steven Seagal! Okay, well, I'm really excited about this. Um, this is a Steven. This was actually the first Steven that we wanted to talk about, full disclosure. So Mike and I are pretty yeah. primed on this guy right now. There's just something so, like, I don't know what it is about him, but he kind of draws you in. He really draws He's you He's like in. a captivating figure for some reason. He definitely has an X Factor. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's the X Factor. No. But there's something about him that you can't ignore. Um, the weird thing is it's a repulsive feeling. Yeah, it's like, kind of, it's like the idea of watching a car wreck or something like that, but 
I don't know, it's more entertaining. I don't know what it is about him, but he is just so captivating. Yeah, he has the charisma of uh, like a kidnapper that you've been with for two <laughs> yeah, years for or sure. something. Like, You're like, I see him all the time. <laughs> Yeah. Like, do I like him? I don't, I don't know. know. Like, you kind of feel like any time that you enjoy his movies, it's some sort of a Stockholm Syndrome. Also, I like that he's just kind of like, there's guys like this and women who just like, they start to lose their fame or whatever it is that they had. Because he was like, big and popular, probably for the first five years of his career, like late 80s. Mm-hmm. And after that, people were like, oh, we were scammed. Yeah. Like, and then he, you know, went straight to DVD and all that stuff. But he's just like clung on. Yeah. You see him on weird, like you're on a website and you scroll to the bottom and then it's like 12 things about Steven Seagal you didn't know. And you're like, oh shit, this guy's still doing stuff. He's still around. He's still popular. He's taking his act to other countries that unironically like him. Like, I guess he's well, huge you know, in Serbia. Yeah, he's huge in Russia. But the thing is, I, I, that just made me think like, is he not allowed to be here anymore? Is this one of these <laughs> things where he's maybe like... He went to Russia because, like, they have, like, a non-extradition policy, Mm -hmm. and maybe he's, like, wanted in America. I could see tax problems for him. Yeah. Well, there's been, and we'll get into this later, but there have been several criminal allegations against him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. In a couple different states. Yeah. I have something to get into with that, too. Because he's making a solid pushback against that now. (laughs) He really is. He, oh, man, there's so much to talk about with this guy. It's such a ripe topic. Well, for the listener who might have been living under a rock, uh, Steven Seagal came to prominence as an action star. Um, he is apparently an Aikido master. Yeah, uh, that's like the art of... Um, do you like not do damage to your opponent or something like that? You kind of like... It's, the it's all about sidesteps. <laughs> like, yeah. You just kind of like slip a foot to the side, someone blows past you. You don't hear a lot about this stuff anymore, but when I was a kid, everybody was really into pressure points and oh, stuff. Oh, for like, sure. My dad would just fucking <laughs> grab a hold of my little thumb. And, like, yeah, and I think that's what Aikido is. I think Steven Seagal popularized not like punching and jumping around. It's like a around. peaceful kind of like yeah. martial arts or something. There's not a lot of kicks. Yeah. It's I mean, a lot in all of, of his movies, it's all... Guys are getting their arms broken and... Yeah, he likes to grapple you. Yeah. He likes to twist your pinky or like yeah. honk your nose or <laughs> he, step he does on a your lot, foot. <laughs> he does a lot of Three Stooges maneuvers. He does a lot of... There's a lot of whoop, whoop, whoop. Heavily Mo-inspired martial yeah. art. Um, but that's what made him famous. I, I heard the story today of how he fell into Hollywood, which is apparently... And this is according to him, so please take this with a grain of salt because this guy is a major liar. I think I read this. <laughs> but his agent was a student, or a Hollywood agent was a student of his and was so impressed with him, with Steven that he brought him to Warner Brothers to put on an Aikido show for all these executives. And according to Steven Seagal, they all thought he was so handsome and so talented and impressive that they said, Steven, you have got to be the next movie star. Yeah, this is the best thing, too, because this is this guy, Michael Ovitz, and in mm-hmm. Wikipedia, it says, In 1987, Steven Seagal began work on his first film, Above the Law, with director Andrew Davis, and reportedly, and then there's a little citation that says, Weasel Words, <laughs> <laughs> reportedly, as a favor to former Aikido student, Agent Michael Ovitz. So it's like, I love in Wikipedia, they point out that, like, well, look, it, Steven Seagal's the one saying this, that this was a favor to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> like, his, it's so, so typical of his shit personality is that, like, he became a yeah, star like the, everyone begged him to do right. it. Right. I mean, he is kind of, like, his personality on screen and off. He's, like, this kind of master of self-promotion type thing where it's, <laughs> like, look, if I just talk myself up and I'm confident all the fucking time, then people have to believe it. 
Yeah. I mean, I think he's made himself believe it too. He seems like, yeah. I mean, I don't even think that he's like an insecure person at all. Like, you know, Donald Trump or whatever, who's just like massively insecure, right? But still does the same kind of like they share self, a lot of traits, self promotion stuff. Yeah, I think Stephen is more of a master of false humility, where yeah. he is often in interviews that I've seen at least pretending to be humble, but it's like humble bragging. Oh, for sure. No, and he also acts like he's he does. In all of his movies, he was this like nonviolent, violent guy, mm-hmm. and it's like kind of the most ironic thing ever because it's like he's like, I don't want to fuck you up. <laughs> what? Yeah, but his but very, I'm gonna fuck you up. I don't want to have to beat the living shit out of you. <laughs> and he always like makes allusions to fucking people's wives and stuff. And it's like yeah. you're supposed to be this peaceful warrior. What are you doing? Yeah, he can't hide it. It's just he's a vile sort of a vile human being inside. Yeah. And he's not as good as hiding it as he thinks he is. Um, well, no, yeah, you can't really talk soft and then break people's arms and be like, but I was peaceful because I was talking soft. I was backed into a corner when I walked into this bar and beat up 20 guys. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> I'm a peaceful man. Um, well, Mike and I actually did a bunch of accidental research on Stephen because over the last year we've taken as a, just a separate task for no reason – We've undertaken watching the first five of his films. No, and it's funny because we were we were setting out just kind of as like a little personal hobby to just like <laughs> let's get together and watch like all of his movies. And I think we ended up watching one of them three times because because it's, yeah, it's a good movie. It's actually good. And then we watched a few of the other ones, and then it was like ah oh, shit. We watched one of the later ones too, mm-hmm. like Stone Cold or one of the oh was it stone cold or goldberg or one of these guys it was one of these straight to dvd yes ones where they escape co-starring a wrestler prison, prison or something it was steve austin it was stone cold steve austin and steven seagal and no plot yeah no plot. <laughs> zero plot at all um yeah so we got together just to watch them and through that we ended up just like kind of being uh entrapped by him yeah we've done a lot of wikipediaing a whole lot of of seagal learning and we've really gotten inside his head. I mean, we've watched him. We've talked about him. There's been interviews. We've listened to his music. Again, we've seen the five films, one of them three times. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're pretty well qualified to speak on him. Um, well, brief bio, real brief, just his early years, um, which are murky. He's one of these guys that kind of lies a lot, so it's tough to tell what's true and what's not about Stephen's past. Oh, yeah, just reading his... Um family history because he seems like he's always kind of acts like he's uh, this man of the world where he's mm-hmm. like he's every nationality yeah that's and then shtick. i as a jew i was sad to find out that both of his grandparents <laughs> on the paternal side were jewish and i'm like oh that's why his last name's seagull <laughs> <laughs> yeah it kind of exactly. like it's not seagull yeah i thought it was like more it's... of like a bird thing going on no, with him no my a pediatrician was named dr seagull yeah um, so it was George Siegel. George Siegel. You know, and as an Irishman, I was really bummed out to find out that his other half <laughs> yeah, is Irish. Irish. <laughs> so we can both be upset about this. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, curiously, claims to be an Italian. Uh, he does is he? not. He does. Okay. He yeah. does. He claims to be an Italian and, of course, a Native American. Right. Of which he is definitely yeah. neither so one. So why doesn't Donald Trump call him Pocahontas? Exactly. Because like, he voted fuck? for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what we do know about Steven Seagal is he was born in Michigan, Lansing, Michigan, in 1952. But he moved to California, Southern California, at the age of five. From there on out, the mystery begins. 
he claims himself that he lived in Japan as a teenager and met when he was 14 years old, like the greatest martial arts teacher on his deathbed and like received a blessing from him. Sure. Yeah. This Steven sounds Seagal's, like more, this sounds like weasel words. <laughs> yeah. Me. This is a lot. Yeah. Steven Seagal's self-described biography is full of stories. Like oh this. yeah. It's packed. He's met Bruce Lee. He's the only martial artist, according to Steven, that Bruce Lee respected and, he also ne- and suppos- never insulted. He also supposedly like taught two UFC guys how to fight. Mm-hmm. And it's like, these guys who actually fight. <laughs> yeah, Anderson Silva, one of the greatest fighters of all time, and, and uh, Lyoto Machida, I yeah, think. Yeah. Another great fighter. Um, both of which deny <laughs> Steven no, But it's funny, they deny it, but it's still in his Wikipedia. And it says he taught him how to do a kick that he knocked someone out with, mm-hmm. Lyoto Machida. Yeah, and for Anderson Silva... Um, he's just like taking advantage of these guys that don't really speak good English, and he's like... I'm an action star, like, I'm gonna be in your corner, bud. And they're like, like oh, okay. okay, sir. Yeah, and for Anderson Silva, when he won his championship, his first, because I think he's been a champion a couple times, Steven Seagal said that he coached him and gave him his strategy, and that he listened to Steven Seagal, and that's why he won, and Anderson Silva said, that fucking never happened. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> no way. Such bullshit. See, that's the thing. <clears throat> it's such a good strategy, though, because you say all these things over and over again, and mm-hmm. even if you only get, if only like one person denies it, the other 10 things still stand. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, yeah, I've said I've taught like 30 fucking fighters, but only Anderson Silva is the one who like denied it. So everyone just thinks like, oh yeah, he taught 29 fighters. Yeah, maybe it sounds like maybe him and Anderson had a falling out or something. Yeah, for sure. Meanwhile, none of it's true. Um, But anyway, so I guess he lives in Japan because his dad's in the military or something up into his early 20s. And and this is like, this is a classic liar thing to do is he's taken himself away from anywhere we could ever prove anything about him. Right. He's put himself in Asia in the 70s. Yeah, he kept saying there was no cameras in Asia back then. (laughs) Exactly. There was no such thing as Sony. Yeah, and he claims to have learned all of this mystical stuff and met all these famous people. Um, Seriously, he claimed that he met Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee was the only said Steven Seagal was the only martial artist he respected. <laughs> no one else has ever heard that from It's Bruce funny, Lee. though, because I grew up watching Steven Seagal movies with my dad, and my dad was like, Steven Seagal is the only guy that could really kick the shit out of anybody. Because <laughs> he was like 6'4", my dad fell into the Aikido trap. Oh, <laughs> like, man. The pressure point stuff. Like, Oh, man. Yeah, that's so funny that your dad was into it. Yeah. <laughs> loves pressure points. Um... So I guess at some point he reemerges into California. He opens up a dojo in North Hollywood, and therein he meets Michael Ovitz, and bam, he's famous. Now he's a movie star for some reason. Yeah, and in the Wikipedia it says that Michael Ovitz gave him a bunch of scripts and was like, I want you to be in one of these movies. And Steven Seagal said, no, I'm going to write my own. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he already had that much pull in Hollywood. The um, But that movie was pretty good, right? Above the Law. I think that Above the Law was good. Well, Steven Seagal, the, the interview, I heard him talking about this. He said that he moved to America to be a writer, which is... Flies no in the face of way. everything else no. that I've read. I've about heard him. his music, but he said that he read these first three scripts that were offered to him, and he said they're all shit. I'm gonna write my own, <laughs> yeah. and then he wrote Above the Law with help. Right. It's pretty good. There's no way he wrote it. There's no way because that's the thing. Like on all of his straight to DVD movies, he's listed as a producer and a writer, mm-hmm. and there's no fucking way. There's no way. He's this not guy's a, not writing six movies a year. <laughs> he's not that good. He's not even that good at being. A martial artist. No. In reality. Although he's famously like 
the most outspoken about how fake everyone else is. Oh, for sure. But he strikes me as the most fake. If you look at him, he's never been in shape once in his life. No. I mean, that's like what I think was kind of endearing about him in those movies, because he wasn't like Sylvester Stallone. That's why dads like him. That's why dads (laughs) loved him. He's yeah. got these kind of skinny arms, but he was just really tall. I think he's 6'4 or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's just a big drink of water. He had a flat ass. Yeah, <laughs> flat ass. His mom jeans were pulled up all high. Yeah, and he had weird skinny, like, knock-knee legs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, his running <clears throat> is fucking amazing, too. Yeah, he runs like a girl, famously. Yeah. You guys should go online and check this out. Just just Google Steven Seagal runs like a girl. It's great. It's a really good video. It's incredible. But anyway, yeah, so there, here's a guy who looks like uh, he works a night job at a desk somewhere, and he's running around the streets beating people up. Yeah, he's like one of those guys like in that movie Airheads. He's like, it's <laughs> 1980s, he works as like a cashier at Walmart, but like is fucking in a metal band at night. <laughs> yeah, he has exactly. to tuck his ponytail down into his shirt and stuff, mm-hmm. and then he gets home and he's wearing a black tank top, and he's just Ugh. ready to fucking roll. I think we do have to give him some credit for his ponytail. He might be one of the first real action stars, maybe one of the only action stars ever to yeah. have the ponytail look. I know that uh, Van Damme had like a mullet action going on at some time. There was a mullet, and Chuck Nor or Chuck uh, Chuck, Chuck Grassley. Yeah, it's not even Chuck. It's, it's Kurt Russell. I don't know. Oh, he Kurt Russell looks like yeah. he could be named Chuck. Yeah, he had a he had a great mullet. Yeah, Chuck Russell's hair was Chuck Russell had a great mullet. He still kind of does. Yeah, I don't kind of. Why would you give like that up when you lost it? Yeah. He looks much better with it than without it. Yeah. Steven Seagal also, he started going bald really early. I think above the law, he's a young man. And he has normal hair except for the ponytail. But then, like, his hair starts <laughs> pulling back. And then you can see through his career, now it's like. He used to kind of have like a widow's peak, a little bit of like parking spaces, receding hairline. Yeah, he was losing And his then hair. now it's just like a straight fucking like cut across black barbershop <laughs> yeah. where it's like pulled yeah. down in front. Yeah, it looks like G.I. Joe hair. Oh, like for sure. Someone just stuck it on top of his head. Yeah. Uh, I'm not buying it. <clears throat> he also has one of the most conspicuous dye jobs of any old fat man I've ever seen. Yeah, his beard. It looks like plastic. His beard looks like someone colored it in with a Sharpie right before he went on camera. Like, it's obviously yeah, the not go- real. The goatee is a weird move because it's so outdated that, it, like, now when people wear it, it looks like a costume. But then, like, add on top of it that he's clearly dyeing it. I mean, the whole thing might even just be stuck onto his face. It very well might be. <clears throat> One thing I've learned about Steven Seagal is he's incredibly vain. Oh, yeah. Like, incredibly vain. Yeah, what was his IMDb thing? For a man who's never once done a setup, he like has incredible amount of yeah, self-image. Yeah, he's huge now, too. He's a he's big a, old fat ass. Yeah, he's a big fucking... <laughs> <laughs> he's a big fucking fat ass. And he acts... Yeah, he's just like... He's the epitome of manhood. Yeah. Well, he clearly wrote his own IMDb page um, because not it's not like Wikipedia. Not any schmuck can just go on there and write these things. You yeah. have to have it like approved. It has to be run through your press people. No, and if they can't approve it, sometimes they'll just type weasel words next to it just because yeah. they're like, well, there's no like, there's no footnote for this. There's no paper trail. Like, we're just going to have to call this little boy a weasel exactly i actually have it pulled up right here it's so fucking hysterical that i I have to read it out loud for the the audience so steven seagal wrote this as his own description on imdb steven seagal is a striking and somewhat boyishly handsome often with a ponytail action star who burst onto the martial arts film scene in 1988 and the fast-paced warner brothers film above the law 
Stephen Frederick Segal was born in Michigan to Patricia Ann, a medical technician, and Samuel, a high school math teacher. Wow. And it goes on and on and on. Um, but the boyish good looks thing. Yes. He never... I mean, who has boyish good looks? Like Rob Lowe or something? Um, yeah, Rob like Lowe has Lowe, boyish good looks. Um, Steven Seagal looks like um, a, an no, apartment like, building superintendent. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he's not an attractive man. No one thinks he's a good looking, not, probably not even his parents. Um, he also has this strange, like, he thinks he's charming, but he's not. Like, yeah, well, that's like the predator's move. Yes. Like, they act like they're the most charming person in the world. It's like, why doesn't this girl fucking like me? Like, I'm so goddamn charming. Let me convince her harder. Yeah, this is another place where he just reminds me a lot of Trump because, like, his own image of himself is so out of step with everyone else's vision of them. Yeah. Like, they look in the mirror and they actually see a good-looking person yeah. who's charming and handsome. Meanwhile, the rest of us, when we see Steven Seagal or Donald Trump are seeing the most out-of-shape, lewd, ignorant fuckhead yeah. like that no one would want to fuck. Yeah. It's hysterical. <laughs> no. It's fucking hysterical. No, their lack of self-awareness is like the endearing part of them. Yeah. It's like... That's it. Yeah, you have no idea how fucking stupid you look. Yeah, you're... Like, and you're it, sweet. <laughs> yeah, what's well, like, what is it, the Dunning-Kroger effect? Or yeah, well, Kruger. it's like you're too stupid to know you're stupid. Yeah, like you have a high degree of confidence in your intelligence yeah. because you're that stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you actually think so stupid you think you're smart. Yeah, both of those guys are guilty of that. Oh, God, what else? So he writes Above the Law. That kind of rockets him to fame. He does five movies that are basically above the law over and over again. Um, do we want to talk about his ethnicities in these movies that he seems to be... Yeah, I mean, we lo like he does the Italian guy a lot. Loves being Italian. We actually figured out at one point that he goes through phases. Like, he does two or three movies in a row where he's Italian. Then after that, he wanted to be a Native American, and he did a yeah, couple where he was that. And he directed that movie. He, yes, he did direct that it. That was um, On Deadly Ground. On Deadly Ground. But, so, but the thing is, he does it in movies, but he does it, like, in his life. Yeah, too. like he's a so, Russian now. Yeah, he's a Russian now. Ten years ago, he was... A from from Louisiana. Yeah, he was a southerner for a while. <laughs> yeah. Before that, he... Uh, what's that? So I'm sure he was a cowboy at some point, because when he, he did this reality show where he's a cop, and he fucking <laughs> went to Arizona, to Maricopa oh, yeah. County, mm -hmm. and was like doing ride-alongs with fucking Joe Arpaio. Yeah. Like, he's the worst person in the world. He is the, he has surrounded himself with some of the most villainous people. And it's like, I thought you were supposed to be this, like, peace activist, environmentalist, human rights guy, and you're going into Tent City and, like, arresting <laughs> Arresting people. bums, yeah. yeah. Throwing Mexican families back yeah. over the border. And they're, and they're American citizens. <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, I do want to like, touch on that. from the South like me. I want, I want to touch on his incident with Joe Arpaio because it's so funny, and there is a good story there. But first, let's see if we can count all of his ethnicities going back in time. So he's born an American. Then okay. he becomes a Japanese person. Japanese guy. That's his most famous yeah. one. Then he gets... Bruce Lee's Chinese, too, so I wonder if maybe he was Chinese for a little bit in order to get knighted or whatever yeah. by fucking Bruce Lee. See, this just goes back to me thinking he's full of shit because he's telling us he's in Japan and there he meets Bruce Lee. Yeah, Bruce Lee was just chilling lives in, in Japan. Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah. um, so he becomes a Japanese guy. 
Then he gets famous be, 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 being an Italian, a Bronx or a Brooklyn Italian. And I love what his names are so good. One of them is Nico Toscani, right? Is that yep. what it is? Nico Toscani. Nico Toscani. And then my, our favorite is Gino Fellino. <laughs> Gino Fellino. It's like a Saturday Night Live character of like, yeah. all right, you're an Italian. What's your stupid name? It's like Freddy Spaghetti or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, how about Gino? You could just see him at a typewriter in 1991. <laughs> yeah. Like, hmm. Gino Fellino. <laughs> like, um, then he becomes a Native American and the in his and next on deadly movies. ground, yeah. Um, after that is when he gets into his direct video phase, so I'm not sure what he is there. But when he reappears No, there he's just a um Vietnam vet. Oh sure. Iraq CIA war guy. Vet. He's just like he's Robert Mueller. He's just like a uh all American boy. Right. Before he was kind of like, I'm a man of the immigrant people. Like I know how to talk to guys on the street in New York because mm-hmm. I'm an Italian. Of course. And then now he just like infiltrates prisons, <laughs> yeah. kills people, and like saves Stone Cold and Steve Austin. So maybe that was a period. This would be like the early 2000s to mid 2000s where he's rediscovering his American identity, and that probably is what led him <clears throat> into becoming a Southerner for a while. Where he oh, moves yeah. down to New Orleans yeah. and gets a ranch down there in the middle of the mud swamp and puts out a basically, I guess, is that a country album? A blues album? It's of a some blues. Sort? A it's Delta like kind of blues. a world blues. Because <laughs> like, he does a lot of like, he does Jamaican music. He kind of, he's, I think this is him getting back to like, all right, now I'm a Southern guy. You know, Louisiana's really mixed too. Mm-hmm. They got like island people and French people. Like maybe I'll just become that. That's why he made that song. Yeah. You just tied it all together. Yeah. All right, we gotta play the song. Yeah, for, let's play for everybody. that. And I don't think we can... we'll get back and I got an under siege two under siege stories. Perfect. So this is a song from uh his two thousand six album, which is called Songs from the Crystal Cave. It's where he lives yeah, in a crystal figure cave. Figure that one out. Yeah. And then uh this is him d- kinda doing an island style thing uh, with an ethnic woman who apparently wants to fuck him. <laughs> Here we go. This is Steven Seagal. Strut. Mr. Steven Seagal, try to hold your mirror, can't say more on the body's down. So let me say, if you leave the sock, I don't know I'm a rock. You see me? So. Girl, would you really rock down there? Me want the body if you make me feel nice. Why? Tell me what you really want all night. Me want the banana if you make me nice. Me want the body if you want the banana. I'm in the way nice, so When the girls start to strut You could look at their but You shouldn't do that The girl dress is just a pity Not just a together Wow What the fuck was that? That was quite a uh, quite a journey into his <laughs> mind <laughs> He loves Punani He loved that Punani I can't believe he said that That's like, ugh, made me at a pee-pee I'm just picturing him naked <laughs> Singing yeah, that. I know. Love the Panani. You think he tucked it back and then started doing that? <laughs> yeah. He's I like, do. what would Gino Folino think about pussy? So that's him doing a Jamaican. We actually pulled a Gino Folino clip too that oh, I yeah. think we should play. I think we can play that. I don't want to forget it. We're we're moving past that period. This is Steven Seagal as Gino Folino cleaning out a bar full of crooks. In his uh, first movie. Wait, is this in the first movie or is this? Oh, this in, might uh, be on, This might be out for justice. This might be out for justice. Out for justice, by the way, it's a good movie. 
That's this the one the we one watched we three liked. times. The Gino Fellino one is the best movie he ever made. Yeah, it's so good. Um, William Forsyth. William Forsyth is amazing. He's a crackhead yep. in it. He plays he's a, complete, a great fucking villain. A complete fucking maniac. And there's really good action in this movie. So you don't really need to know what's going on here. Just know that Steven Seagal is in a bar. His name's Gino Fellino. Full of bad guys. And <laughs> this is him in his New York period playing an Italian. Hey, Vinny! What the fuck? What do we got here, huh? What is this shit, huh? Huh? You crazy man. Hey, come on, man. Who's hot dog is this, huh? Is it yours? <laughs> you have that badge and that gun. These guys would take your head off. That's the first thing you ask when you go into a bar. You're like, who's hot dog is this? Who's hot dog? Boxing memorabilia. We got some gloves over here. Pictures everywhere. Who's the boxer? Me. You the boxer? Yeah. You're a tough guy. Yeah, tough enough. Really? What could you do? To you? Yeah. All right, he probably just did Aikido there. We're only actually listening to a sound clip, but it's a real soundscape. You can picture everything that's going on. Yeah. He goes in and asks, who's, first of all, whose hot dog is this? Yeah, whose dog? <laughs> classic. Steven Seagal is just hungry everywhere he goes. And then he asks, who's boxing memorabilia? <laughs> Hey, who's boxing memorabilia? <laughs> it's like you know, fucking James Gandolfini watched this. He's like, that's my part. He's like, I'm doing that. I'm doing the gabagoo. I'm doing the memorabilia. I'm gonna do the mumblebino. Can I get a sandwich with some memorabilia on it? <laughs> hey, pal, Mado, where's, where's the memorabilia? <laughs> boxing memorabilia on this old sandwich. <laughs> man he could have played a good tony soprano yeah or at least one of the guys he could have it would have been a good one i would have liked to see him as a villain in the sopranos i wish he was a uh, christopher maltesante and they just had like this really like loving <laughs> relationship with fucking steven seagal that would have been incredible um God, where were oh, yeah, we? So, we're jumping all over his career. Oh, yeah, but so this is funny, too. We can just jump all over. There's no spoilers with Steven Seagal. No, it's all but out there. He, I think it said after 2001 or something like that, he has, never, he has not been in a movie that opened in theaters yeah. since 2001. Now, do you think that is a conscious decision, or is that just because no one wants to see Steven Seagal? No one wants to see it. But see, I think that he actually might get, I don't do too much research into this, but I read a while ago, he might get like a million dollars for each of these Mm -hmm. because these small companies will just say, be in the movie. We know we can make money having it get sold to Netflix or sold whatever. People in other countries will just buy fucking Steven Seagal DVDs because they think he's a star. They're not aware that he's not famous anymore. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the deal with Russia too. Maybe he's doing a tour there just so like people know who he is still and they'll buy his fucking movies sure but if he's making in 2016 he was in seven directed dvd movies that's incredible so last year actually, yeah so if he actually did get a million dollars he made seven million dollars that's pretty good and they probably film his stupid movies i bet you they film two of them on the same set yeah, I would light it differently. Yeah, like just fucking run through it. Just get him in there. Film get him in out. two or three weeks. What a weird business model to have. And how come he's still making? How come any of these movies are making any money back? I don't know. I mean, who? You know what? Knowing him in Russia, he's probably in some weird money laundering scheme. Mm. Where it's oh like, god, that's it. You, you know, you just it's like it. 
here's this is a seven million dollar movie quote or a 30 million dollar movie hopefully i'm doing air quotes in my voice yeah but it's like and then they just like that's how you get that money through there yeah no you're totally right that's how they do it they launder it through his movies because he's definitely in bed with all kinds of dark people over there yeah and i'm sure it's like okay all we got to do is make a 30 million dollar movie and not make any money and then that money is all quote unquote gone but we've just paid ourselves and right. Steven Seagal. Yeah. And if they just say Steven Seagal's fee is $7 million, but he only gets one because he knows he'll get he'll f- have to fight real people. Mm-hmm. And they take the other $6 million or whatever. Done. Money launder. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense than people watching these things. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've seen them and they're not good. Yeah. Um, let me see. What was I going to say? <clears throat> I, I'm a little impressed by his music. Not because I think it's good music. I just... I thought it would be worse. Yeah, it's actually not that bad. And you, like production quality. I mean, it's like it's just boring. Like, I mean, there's like those standout ones, like the Punani song. That's and, and the, there's another one that's like weird, kind of like Arabian dance music. But that's like his. <laughs> but it's also weirdly like if he wasn't such a piece of shit, I would respect it more because I like right. I like the idea of someone being like look, we're all one world, like, let's do world music, world music, there's no reason to, like, you know, have all these things be separated, and sure. I can shine a light on some of it, but it's like, you're not the guy to do it, and I get the feeling he's being extremely patronizing while doing it. I he's, do like, too. sort of teasing them. Well, when he's doing He thinks it's, like, stupid. Yeah, he thinks it's stupid, and when he's doing his tribute to the island music, he's just talking about getting pussy. Yeah. But not even in a normal singing way. Yeah. He's literally just being kind of graphic about it. Yeah. And he's in his 60s. Oh, there's one song I listened to. I can't find, I don't know what it's called, but he was, t- was like, he rhymed, he's like, I'm cool as a polar bear. Oh, and then he said, something, something, and after that, you'll have to change your underwear. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I know. I got some And I, I rolled back a couple times trying to listen to it, and I couldn't hear what the thing was that made the girl so wet, but My I was just God. like, fucking message delivered. Like, I get it. Yeah. Ew, Steven. Back it up, you nasty fat fuck. <laughs> No one wants to think about you having sex. You're yeah. so gross. Ugh. You know, it's funny. I, I sent you this quote earlier when we were doing research, but the, the best thing I think I've ever read that came, came out of his mouth was, um, you know, I just hope that I'm going to be remembered as a great writer and actor and not just a sex symbol. <laughs> like, oh, Steven. I know. It's like, is that stuff tongue in cheek or is it? No, not with him. It's not. <laughs> Because like, I could see Will Ferrell saying that and it being yes, fucking hilarious. That would be hysterical right? like, because he's self Or even Steven Spielberg says it and it's like, oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> I like, would love to hear Steven Spielberg say it more than anyone. <laughs> so but no, that's the thing with Steven Seagal is it's definitely not tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. He really, he thinks he's a sex symbol yeah. above being a famous actor. <laughs> like, no. Number one, boyish good looks. Boyish good looks. Number two, sex symbol. Sex symbol. Panty dropper, panty wetter, yeah. panty lover, destroyer of ladies' undergarments. 
<laughs> Lover of hot dogs I've... and memorabilia. <laughs> Questioner of boxing memorabilia. <laughs> Inquisitor of dog ownership. <laughs> Whose dog is that? Whose who, hot dog is that? Who's walking who? Hey! I'd like to see him stop a dog walker. Hey! Who's, who's dog walk, is Who's walking who? Yeah, he's pulling you. He's pulling him. Whoa! What's going on? You better change his underwear and shit his pants. <laughs> no offense, lady, but I think your dog's pussy's wet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sweetheart. <laughs> and he just ponytails her in the nose. Like, <laughs> um, oh, here's another famous thing. Um, he is apparently the most reviled Saturday Night Live guest host of yeah. all time. Yeah. Everyone, everyone fucking hated from him. like the 1991 season cast. Everyone t- has come out and said what a fucking asshole he was when he this came. This was on. a great. This is Tim Meadows from SNL <laughs> said. All right, hold on. Let me see. It says, "Oh, first of all, David Spade said that Steven Seagal went into a Hans and Franz sketch because their characters once said they could beat up Steven Seagal. <laughs> right. So, so he like, won't nope, do no that way. because he has a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And then Tim Meadows said." He didn't realize that you can't tell somebody they're stupid on Wednesday and expect them to continue writing for you on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. And then going back to the intro, this was <clears throat> Nicholas Cage did a monologue and said that he was worried that he'd be regarded as the biggest jerk who's ever been on the show. And during the monologue, Lauren Michael said, no, no, that would be Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's famously... Was a complete fucking dick. Yeah. He is just a humorless individual. Yeah. And especially about himself. He takes himself so seriously. And then shits on so many people. Shits on everyone else. Yeah. I just would love to see someone beat the shit out of him. Um, going back to his music, when I was, I think it was the Poonani song or one of them, and the top YouTube comment, and they're usually really bad, but this one was great, is that from the soundtrack of Too Hard to Listen To. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Who, if you could only, if all music died to you tomorrow, except for albums made by David Hasselhoff or Steven Seagal, who would you choose? Fuck. I, the thing is, I'm now more familiar with Steven Seagal stuff. I don't know David Hasselhoff's music. Oh, man. I know pretty... he had that like one hit, right? Looking for Freedom. Yeah. And then he came out with one like 20 years later called Jump in My Car. That's really <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> He's just trying to get a young woman to jump in his car. <laughs> Sounds like Steven Seagal. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe I'll just go with Steven Seagal since I like him right now. I will say Steven Seagal's got a more world music vibe, which we were... Yeah, there might be like at least a little bit of like eclectic flavor going on in there. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, it's like, do you want like Southern blues or like more Southern blues? Yeah. Are you looking for a Mississippi Delta blues or more of like Nolens <laughs> <laughs> down South blues? Like, I think those are the same thing, Steven. Uh, so when do you think you became first aware of Steven Seagal? That's a good question, because I never really watched any of his movies until I was an adult, like literally within the last two years. I, I, really? I don't think I've even seen Under Siege to this day. It's funny, because I think that um, that video of him running that came out like <laughs> seven years ago kind of like brought him back into like public consciousness for... Probably people of our generation. Probably not. But the, yeah, I the, grew the way up. He would have liked it, but I grew up with all those action movies, mm-hmm. and um, I was looking at it today because my parents or my mom made me and my brothers go to Saturday school to be like more Jewish when we were little kids, mm-hmm. and 
I didn't realize it, but I looked at when Under Siege came out. And so I was six years old. So my mom was like, this little six-year-old needs to be a little more Jewish than he's acting right now. <laughs> but so we fucking hated it because it was like we're going to school on Saturday. Right. It was only two hours or whatever. But still Saturday. One day, my dad, who's not Jewish, took me out of Saturday school to go see uh, Under Siege. All right. And Gentile was, dad. <laughs> yeah. That's so pretty cool. six years old, and he took me out to go see it. And I remember being like, is it going to be on this boat the whole time? <laughs> And then I remember, like, three years later, I had the exact same comment about the movie Speed. I was like, is this going to be on a bus the whole time? Dad, what's with all these vehicle movies <laughs> yeah, you're taking me to just see? Like, I like a little change of scenery when I'm watching a movie. That's so fucking funny. Dad, what, how come every movie we watch has, like, a... It takes place all on one thing. Yeah. As a guy who's not really an action star being an action He's like, star. fine, no more action movies. We're going to go like, see right, Titanic next week. <laughs> <laughs> Or we could go see a comedy. I'll rent us airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that happened. So that was like, I'm guessing that was the first time I saw him, unless we watched something on HBO or something like that. Because my dad used to show me whatever the fuck. I'm trying to think why I never saw one. I think my parents were good parents, but they didn't like, they never approved of too much of that kind of stuff. So I'd yeah. always have to see that at someone's house that had like an older brother. Or that had cable, like we didn't have a great TV package. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like aware of him in the zeitgeist, I guess, but I never really had the opportunity well, to go. Be weird a fan. is that like I have all these, I have memories of seeing like Terminator Two in the theater, and I don't know if I'm lying about it or misremembering, but Oops. I was like six years old. Yeah, your your parents probably took you to that. I yeah, mean, it was 1992. Yeah. Damn, by the time yeah. Terminator came out, Steven Seagal's career was already on the wane. Yeah. Like, yeah, pretty much done. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, that's why maybe you do need those big-ass muscles to be in movies. Yeah. Because Arnold and Sylvester Stallone continued on forever. Forever. To this day. They're still doing shit. Yeah. Like, at a major level. People fucking love those two. And everyone hates Steven Seagal. Yeah. Like, hates Steven Seagal. Yeah. Well, he's so not charming. He is. I mean, I don't know how charming Sylvester Stallone is, but he's got his... He's got his moments, I guess. I mean, Steven Seagal, Arnold Schwarzenegger is like insanely charming. Yeah, he's, for how much of like a perv ball that guy is. Over the top, charming. Yeah, yeah. Steven Seagal has the charm of like a, a wet ashtray full of cigarette butts. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just disgusting. He gives uh, off the vibe. He's got like a greasy nastiness about him. Yeah, and he seems mean. He seems mean and unhappy and really petty. Mm-hmm. He's always putting other famous people down or like dismissing other martial artists in every interview he gives. Yeah, I don't know if Arnold's ever been on SNL, but I could totally see him doing a he Hans and Franz sketch, and that whole thing was making it. and that whole thing was making fun of him. But like, he would totally fucking do well, that. Arnold's smart enough to know that that's like that brings it shoots up your star meter too. Exactly, like, and if you can have like the sort of self effacing effacing how do you say that i think it's effacing i think it's effacing too self-effacing we'll edit in effacing (laughs) yeah (laughs) hey listeners uh tweet at us we really need to get it like an email or twitter people can yeah also after you listen to an episode then we'll edit it yeah we'll go back we'll change (laughs) it after you don't care anymore but he would do it because he realizes it's charming when people don't take themselves so seriously yeah and that's like also part of like having kind of the intelligence quotient of being in Hollywood. It's like people hate us because we're rich mm-hmm. and we have everything. They want to see us make fun of ourselves and then they'll like us more. Yeah, exactly. And it's like Steven Seagal, everyone fucking hates him because he seems like a non-self-effacing asshole. Yeah, he's smug. Yeah. 
He's a smug guy. He did that interview on Arsenio that I suggest everybody go watch. Oh, yeah. Where he's completely humorless again. Like, doesn't oh, laugh. so funny. Basically spends the whole time kind of bragging. I think he brags at one point that his next door neighbor is Michael Jackson. <laughs> and it just is the There's most... There's no way he still lives in that neighborhood. No way in hell. Well, neither, neither does, does Michael. Neither does <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Two approaches to the same <laughs> joke. That's beautiful. Does, so Seagal, does he live in Russia now? Do you know? I think he lives in Siberia. Which is a weird country to move to. Traditionally where you go when you're banished. See, this is another thing with him. It's probably another way of like, oh, I can sexually harass women here and won't get yelled at about it. All right, let's just get into it. Steven Seagal has been accused of a lot, a lot, a lot of sexual (laughs) harassment and dare I say, outright rape. Yeah. Um, Did you read that horror story from that young woman, Miss Nguyen? No, I didn't. Okay. I'm just going to paraphrase it real quick for everybody. So during Steven Seagal's above the law phase, which I think was around 2006, 2007, he's no, living... Well, above the law? I'm sorry. Lawman. Steven Seagal, lawman. Okay, yeah. This is when he's playing Southerner. Yeah. He's living in Louisiana. He has a ranch in the middle of nowhere. It's a reality show where he... That he was like anointed as a deputy and he's just allowed to go around and fucking arrest people. Yeah, he goes around and bullies minorities yeah. and like tears people's houses yeah. apart. Talks in a southern he like bros out with black guys in the south and like talks yeah. about ribs a bunch. It's really fucking weird. Oh god, it's so bad. But oh, any- he also has a song called Barbecue. Does he have a song called Barbecue? You know what? Let's play a little... Now that I'm thinking of that, I think that's the one where he talks about the girl's uh, wet underwear. (laughs) Let's hear a little bit of Barbecue by Steven Seagal. Wow. He said it. He said it. (laughs) Ugh. Anyway, so while he's doing this, he hires a new assistant. It's a young woman named something Nguyen. Caden, yeah. Caden. Yeah, Caden Nguyen. 23 years old. She flies out to louisiana to be on the set with him he takes her to his ranch for three days and locks her in there and forces her to have sex with him and um i remember this yeah yeah she can't escape for two and a half days she finally gets away and leaves hundreds of dollars worth of her belongings there including her phone her computer her clothes she like made a legitimate escape it Mm -hmm. wasn't like i have to go home now it was like by night climbing out the window on bed sheets tied together to a waiting cab or something um, she tells everyone at the company uh, and the network that Steven Seagal did this. Nobody believes her. They fire her. The lawyers threaten to you know, silence her. They don't give her any of her stuff back because she won't sign an NDA about it. So they keep all her underwear and makeup and like her phone. Well, I mean, her underwear was wet. They got to do something with it. She should have listened to his music before she went down. <laughs> she would have known this would happen. Yeah. But anyway, so they successfully managed to silence this woman. She says, though, that while she's there, Steven has two Russian assistants who are basically living as sex slaves with him that just cater to his every sexual need, and he just pays them a ton of money, Jesus. and he just gets sucked off in his trailer all day, and like basically lives what I guess you could call the Hollywood dream, except it's really <laughs> Except for like gross. the captive part. <laughs> yeah, except that these women seem to be like probably gifts from the Russian government, I would imagine, for yeah, his friendship. Maybe. Yeah, Anyway, that's the big one. Jenny McCarthy has said that he that's tried the big to... one, and that was in 2010, but there were uh, allegations way earlier, too. Yeah, you want to run through some of those? Looks like you Let's got see. it Let's see, so we got the early 90s. Let's see. 
Oh, this is a few people. In May 1991, <laughs> during the filming of Out for Justice, the best Steven Seagal movie, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers employees Rayanne Malone, Nicole Selinger, and Christine Keeve accused Seagal of sexual harassment. In return for remaining silent, Malone and another woman reportedly, weasel words, received around $50,000 <laughs> each in and out of court settlement. Um, and, and around the same time, at least four other actresses claimed that Seagal made sexual advances towards them, typically during late night casting sessions. That's in quote. Oh, boy. You know, I believe all of it. Yeah, so there's also one story where he said that, I think, was this Jenny McCarthy? Or no, maybe it was someone else. There's another kind of popular actress. It was Portia de Rossi. Oh, yeah, She yeah. said they're there. He said that it's important. He made her come to her, his office and said it's important that we both have on-screen on-screen chemistry. And then he pulled his <laughs> dick out. Yeah, exactly. What do you think about this chemistry class? Yeah, you yeah. like my beaker? This is my little Bunsen burner. Do you know whose dog this is? <laughs> you know whose hot dog this is? <laughs> <laughs> this is a piece of Hollywood memorabilia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to wrap your lips around this Hollywood memorabilia? <laughs> <laughs> Push it <laughs> Steven Seagal is like a walking red flag. I don't know why anyone... It's a walking red flag. It fucking sucks. I can't believe Portia DeRozzi had to do... Like, didn't she have a career at that point? When was this? She must have. Because um, oh, there's know. a lot of people in his movies too, right? Like, was Sharon Stone in one of them early yes. on? Yeah, she was in... Uh, Might have been the first one. Uh, Out for Justice, I think she was in. She was in either Out for Justice Wasn't or... Wasn't she Gino Felino's wife, or was it Above the Law's wife? Maybe Above the Law. Might be Above the Law's wife. Yeah. Cause above she, the Law. It's like her first role. Yeah. God, how did he get her started? That's fucking weird. Her panties must have been so wet. <laughs> I wonder, yeah. <laughs> She's probably like, I, I've i had a good career. I just don't need to go back down there. I don't need to like admit to anyone that Steven Seagal did anything to me. He, you know, think of all the people that did. actually have careers that are just like... I'm not fucking admitting to that. That's, That's insane. True. Ew. Would you ever admit to it? Steven Seagal? I'd rather admit no. I fucked Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, for sure. Because he, like, Seagal. is a move maker. Come on. Yeah, I mean, at least that one makes sense. Yeah. Steven Seagal is just gross. Yeah. And his... No, and he's a nobody, too. Which is the... Pro- it's like... He's I'd, fucking... I'd rather talk about, like, the asshole, like, at the bar that fucking molested me than Steven Seagal <laughs> doing it. Yeah, yeah, I would literally rather have a stranger do it to me yeah. than famous, disgusting Steven Seagal. Yeah, a stranger I could forget their face. I will never forget Steven Seagal's face. Which brings up my next point. Steven Seagal only has $5 million. Yeah, see, I believe it, and then I don't. Because he could either have way more than that because of the, all the Russia stuff, mm-hmm. and he could have That's just absolutely true. nothing. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't want him to have anything, but I do have to admit, I think he must have more than $5 million. Yeah. That I mean, he also seems like someone who's bad with his money. Like, when they recorded songs from the Crystal Cave, he bought a Crystal Cave. <laughs> nice, Mike. <laughs> that's a, he bought a literal Crystal, Crystal cave. cave. It was just one huge geode. See, if he had been like Jean-Claude Van Damme and not worked since the early 90s, I might believe he had was kind of broke or had very little money. But he's been making he's made like 80 movies since yeah, then. Yeah, and Jean-Claude Van Damme strikes me as the guy who would do like private jets everywhere. Yeah. And Steven Seagal I don't think he would have ever ever done that. You know they have beef. Oh, I bet. 
They have beef because, of course, Steven Seagal started it because he said that Jean-Claude Van Damme is not a tough guy. Anyone could kick his ass and he's not a real martial artist. What a dick. Yeah. Do you believe that? I mean, I don't really believe that. I think Jean-Claude Van Damme is more of like a ballet dancer kind of guy, mm-hmm. but he's pretty diesel. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I- he knows how to kick. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like Jackie Chan was never like a martial artist. Right. He was like an acrobat, a dancer. Yeah, Obviously, a- he took martial arts, but he's not like a tournament guy or anything like that. No. But I bet Jackie Chan could kick the shit out of me. Oh, yeah, definitely. And he could kick the shit out and of so Steven Seagal, John too. And so could Van Damme. Yeah, they, I think both of those guys could probably beat up Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal strikes me as the kind of guy where if someone's going to get in a fight with him, he would never do any of the shit from his movies. He would probably just pull a gun out. Yeah, he would totally stab you or something. He would stab you or pull a gun out and shoot you. Yeah, he would. And then he would complain and complain that it was self-defense <laughs> and that they are attacking him and he's probably yeah. the one that started it. Yeah, he's he's that guy. He's the worst kind of human being that there yeah. is. Just a fucking scummy yeah, guy. He's probably like a really litigious guy. Like, you know I it. could see him suing people for like defamation or whatever. We better watch out because we're really ripping him a new a-whore. <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> holy shit. Sean, <laughs> look behind <laughs> you. <laughs> it's Chino Polito. <laughs> Who's hot dog is this? <laughs> you know, this the scariest part about this, Mike, is that he also seems like the kind of guy that Googles himself. Oh, yeah. And like searches podcasts for people yeah. talking about I him. I bet you like we could read his Wikipedia tomorrow and it's a little different. There's like things that he's gone in there and changed around. For sure. Yeah. Is Are we making a powerful enemy right now? Well, I don't know about powerful. He doesn't even. <laughs> well, the thing is, he lives in Siberia. That's true. That's pretty far away. And I think he's reading like Russian news, too. Like, oh, yeah. They well, he know. was on. <laughs> He was on Alex Jones' podcast. I was like, let me look up oh, an God. interview with Steven Seagal just to see. Like, I was kind of actually looking for stuff from like the 80s at the beginning of his career. and then, But I was only searching by like long ones so I can go in-depth with him. Mm-hmm. And I saw one with Alex Jones. It's from two months ago. Oh. And it starts with him saying, like, first, I just want to acknowledge it's Martin Luther King Day. And like, I just talk, want to talk about how much I respect this guy. And the Me Too movement has just gotten all out of control. <laughs> it's worth it's worse than McCarthyism. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, so who was was Alex Jones respecting MLK or Steven Seagal? Well, that was funny too. So, oh no, that was Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal oh, started okay. out by mentioning it, and god. then it kind of reminded Alex Jones that it was Martin Luther King Day. And then, oh Alec, yeah, and then Alex Jones how like, could I forget? And this is what you're saying, like on Martin Luther King Day. I don't know how to. Alex Jones, he did like a gruff voice. Like, yeah, well, he's well, basically... this is the thing. Like, it's Martin Luther King Day, and this is all what you're saying. He said he had a dream that people weren't judged by rumors or by hearsay. <laughs> that was not what That's what I swear. I swear to God, that's what he said. He's like, it's about character. It's not about rumors. <laughs> he like, he tried to like shift the weird argument into Martin Luther King. I swear he said that. I gotta watch it. <laughs> Martin Luther King said he has a dream that people aren't won't judged. go on Twitter and spread lies about him. That's what he said. He said, I don't want people to be judged by rumors <laughs> oh and lies, but by their character. We'll be back with Steven Seagal. Dude, I don't. Alex Jones is literally like you might as well listen to a loop of a pit bull snarling and a fat man wheezing <laughs> yeah. like mixed into one track. He's he froths. Yeah, that's all he does. It's well, so and he funny. also is funny because even Steven Seagal was kind of backing uh, like. 
Alex Jones was putting weird words into Steven Seagal's mouth, and Steven Seagal was like, He's like sibilance. Well, I'll just let you say that. And <laughs> Those are weasel words, partner. <laughs> <laughs> I know all about weasel You're words. You're going to want to watch out with that reportedly kind of talk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't want to do Alex Jones stuff. But yeah, so Steven Seagal, this is him battling back against obviously the like litany and huge list of fucking sexual harassment claims against him right of course he doesn't like the me too movement yeah because if and he just rapist, wants yeah and he just wants <laughs> russia and the u.s to be, he's like they should be brothers like yeah we're brothers and ideally rather than russia coming around to being decent we should just uh, start sinking yeah. down to their tyrannical level that's the only way this is going to work people we got to start killing journalists Love Steven. Oh yeah, he also ranted about um, athletes taking a knee in the NFL. He's one oh of the gu- one of those guys that's really upset about that. Why? But, yeah, like I can't believe Steven. This has Steven Seagal's attention. I know. I can't believe Steven Seagal, <laughs> citizen of Siberia and Russia, is fucking mad about people disrespecting the United States. It's unbelievable. Uh, do you know about his his few failed businesses outside no. of movies and music? I did see that. Um, this was also in quotes that he had like <laughs> fucking some kind of like um, tincture company or something like that. <laughs> tincture. Yeah, he did. That's one of them. He has like an essential oils. He's like an unemployed mom. He has like an essential oils outlet online. He's like, you can buy lavender. Let's see. Oh, yeah. This is. Uh, it says he um, he had an energy drink. Called Steven Seagal's Lightning Bolt. The best one is the cologne. Does oh, yeah. you have that on there? Yeah. Scent of Action. <laughs> it's called Scent of Action Cologne. Um, let's see. Then what is he? Works with a, a gun company. Oh, a Russian gun manufacturer. That sounds like wholesome work. Yeah, but those guys fucking kneeling to the national anthem. Oh, pigs. Yeah. <laughs> Disrespectful. Disrespectful disrespectful um let me see oh okay so i know i promised to tell my joe arpaio oh yeah, yeah. steven seagal story so while steven seagal was in his lawman phase this is right after he's a southerner he becomes kind of a cowboy in the west he goes with racist sheriff joe arpaio to do like no, no knock morning raids on hispanic family houses frightening and I guess they get a lead that there's some cockfighting going on at this Hispanic family's house. So Steven Seagal invited Portia de Rossi into his, <laughs> into his cruiser, pulled out his cock, and he asked where that a, hot dog went. Gonna do a cockfighting scene. <laughs> so he gets in a tank, like one of these, you know... Oh, yeah, like one of those huge armor. Tanks. Yeah, yeah. And they go to this family's house, and rather than, like, knock on the door or kick it in, they just knock a whole wall down. Yeah. And in the process, they kill this, like, three-month-old puppy that the family got. And the kids are home and crying. There's no cockfighting going on. Right. It's just a dog. Yeah, so basically... Well, that's what... So it took 20 years to find out whose dog that was from the Gino Foligno (laughs) Is this your hot dog? (laughs) Whose dog is this? (laughs) He's under my tank tread. <laughs> Get him out of here. Oh, is that a boxing member? <laughs> oh, who's the boxer? Who's the boxer? Oh, the That's... dog was a boxer? Oh, oh, my God. So he goes to court for this, of course, because the family's furious. There's no cockfighting. Basically, they're just sitting around watching TV, and the next minute, a tank cr- crushes ever, through their wall. Did this ever make it on TV? Or was this the end of the show? This got it canceled. Yeah. Um, 
and they sued Steven Seagal and demanded like some money and an apo- a written apology. Um, <laughs> it's like down in crayon to their kids for killing their puppy. Yeah, they nice. Never, they never got it. Fuck. He's literally that much of a piece of that's shit. That's a good move, though. I like that. Like, I want you to write me an apology. Yeah, because that's great for like narcissistic guys like that. Oh yeah, just because it hurts their hand. I to need do you it. to take a knee. Sir. Yeah. You need to take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do not like to apologize. No. I don't think he ever did, though, but his show got canceled because of it. Um, so there's that, which is fucking insane. Um, he's also a Buddhist, so that's kind of in a line with um, driving through people's homes and running over dogs. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. And Buddhists are also famous for their sexual assault allegations. Oh, for sure. And their, I mean, I, that's like the thing is that like with gun celibate monks, like they're known for like inviting actresses over and whipping their dicks out in front of them. <laughs> that's how you achieve enlightenment, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, he's yeah. married to a uh oh no that was his first wife was an aikido instructor sorry we're just i'm just right now scrolling <laughs> we're just going through trivia. i have a good one i wrote down earlier um he's played two lieutenants a doctor a professor a doctor i know right that had oh sorry just to stop you speaking of him pulling his dick out so in um the movie hard to kill which <laughs> is actually pretty good too um mm-hmm. his wife gets killed they're in a they're at their house and then he gets gunned down and he's in a coma and while he's in a coma this is where i believe steven Seagal did write this part of the movie so the nurse is like this hot fucking babe i think he ended up marrying her and he's in a coma and he's got like a big fucking fake beard on and everything because everyone always knows in movies and comas you you grow a huge you gotta grow a beard you get a coma beard and she fucking (laughs) looks she's like sponge bathing him and she like lifts up the sheet and she looks at his dick and she goes like ooh <laughs> like, or like eyes like, like, what, 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 eyes. like and that's the thing that's a Steven Seagal move because it's like if he was that nurse he'd be like she's sleeping I'm lifting up this sheet and looking at her naked body that's it's like this is a totally point. normal thing because in to his do. mind a nurse would totally she's concerned with looking at everyone's genitals yeah that's like, like oh. that's what she does when they do sponge baths they like only wash your dick and nothing right. else. We got another unconscious one. Let's look at his bug. <laughs> yeah. And it's he's been there for months, and that's the first time she's seen his bug, too. Or every time she sees it, it's like... I love the idea, too, that a, a healthcare professional would be surprised by the appearance of any dick. I know, and especially a coma dick, where you know there's like gravity working against it, and it's pulling back <laughs> yeah. into your body. Like He must have a real fucking hog on him. He must. Oh, that woman that he allegedly raped in his southern plantation said that she could prove that he raped her because he has a unique physical reaction to being aroused. And she said any woman who's ever slept with him could corroborate it. And she What does was, that mean? He comes really fast? It's got to be like he's got a weird bent penis or like, yeah, maybe he comes fast. Like she, huh. I, I couldn't find out what it was. I looked everywhere. But she yeah. told investigators... That she she could prove it. Yeah, she could prove it. She's like, get me anyone who slept with him and they'll tell you. It's totally a weird, unique thing that... Fuck. Physical something we might have to do like a follow-up when we figure this out i know what do you guys think it is tweet at us write us letters that's what um stormy daniel said too really she said i could explain that dick like perfectly Please, I know. Please explain that dick. <laughs> Even so if it's a good dick, I want to hear about <laughs> I know. it. No, I don't care if it's a big dick. I still want. I to think hear. Monica Lewinsky. That was part of that too. 
where like in order to prove it she said that she can like identify that something dick. on it <laughs> yeah. oh man yeah well that happened to michael jackson oh maybe i'm maybe i'm confusing it with michael jackson it definitely happened well to but he had vitiligo so what do you have vitiligo dick yeah i bet you i could pick his dick out yeah, of the line <laughs> no problem i'd be like that's it it's that's that, it right there it's that one in the coffin <laughs> oh god it's the one with the spangly glove yeah. draped over it and the splotchy skin tone <laughs> That just can't decide what it wants it's to be. It's the one with Macaulay Culkin's fingerprints on it. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I like Macaulay Culkin. It's the one with Macaulay Culkin's lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> we need to talk about Kevin. Kevin! <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, so we interrupted your list of all the oh, characters my, yeah. that he's played. So he's played two lieutenants. One doctor, which is ridiculous. One professor, which is even more ridiculous. And is did it say professor of what? Or if it's it's just one of those direct to DVDs, professor. I think he's just yeah. a professor. Yeah. And also a cock puncher. <laughs> he's credited as cock puncher. <laughs> Wait, was that in a? Did you say what movie that's from? It was from? in the Onion movie. Oh Jesus Christ! The God. Onion. Come on. I know. God bless those guys for that. making him take that credit, though. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's really funny. They're like, "You're gonna do this." I'm surprised he's only played two lieutenants. Yeah, isn't that weird? And yeah. only one of them was credited as detective too. So I didn't even include it because I assume he's always a detective. Yeah, I think, yeah, always detective. There has to have been another lieutenant, and it's just not like part of the character. Well, name. there's that one too where he plays an auctioneer who's looking for sports memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> I heard when OJ got arrested trying to get his memorabilia <laughs> yeah, back, yeah. Stephen went with him. Stephen was his bodyguard. Yeah. Oh, watch the door. You get the memorabilia. Who's <laughs> <laughs> talking this? Hey, Juice, it ain't fair. They took all your memorabilia <laughs> from you. I'm on your side. Let's go get it back. I wonder if he's murdered somebody. Seagal, I would absolutely believe it. Yeah. If yeah. you told me tomorrow that they arrested him, I'd be like, oh, uh, totally. Yeah, he did for it. Sure. I mean, he killed that fucking dog. I'm actually surprised he hasn't been in trouble for that because he has that he dark has, personality. Yeah, for sure. He's scary a little yeah. bit. But not the way he wants to be. He's scary because I don't think he's hinged. Yeah, that's, yeah, for sure. He, he doesn't like, he does not like a measured maniac kind of guy. No. No, not at all. He's not scary like, um, I don't know, like a professional MMA fighter might be scary. Like, yeah. oh, this guy's tough. He's he's fat and gross. He's scary like, I think this guy might poison his wife. Yeah. Like that kind of scary. Yeah, drown her in a tub or something. And like lie about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a way deeper kind of scary. Yeah. Well, I... Oh, wait, wait he did, um, there is a famous story about him... Uh, challenging a stuntman on the set of one of his movies. Mm-hmm. Well, first, <laughs> okay. First, I was gonna say there is a. Uh, actually, you know what? Just tell it. It's, okay. it's not. It's not part of my next segment. Okay. Um, yeah. So he challenged a stuntman on one of his movies. I don't want to start scrolling through and find this guy's name, but the stuntman was like a real fighter, he's MMA, a famous stuntman, wrestler guy. Who knows what the fuck he's doing. Off the top of my head, I want to say his name was Art Bell. Okay. I could be wrong. It's something like that. 
Art Bell. I feel like that's a Phil Hendry character. <laughs> like, yeah, he used to call into the Phil yeah. Hendry show a lot. Oh, maybe it was Phil Hendry. I could picture him choking someone out. <laughs> oh, totally. So Steven Seagal tells this guy, there's no fucking way you can choke me out. <laughs> you can't strangle me and out, Steven. Art Bell, maybe, Weasel Words, <laughs> takes fucking Steven Seagal into like a dojo or whatever backstage while they're filming and puts a choke on him. <laughs> and he chokes Steven Seagal unconscious and all the witnesses around say that steven's got pooped his pants (laughs) and this has like been corroborated obviously not by steven seagal (laughs) steven seagal does deny this story but he's a liar yeah (laughs) everyone says that no if steven seagal says no you know it's yes who are you going to trust, the man who has lied about so much stuff or one of the industry's most relied upon stuntmen? Yeah. And also, has that stuntman ever said that about anyone else? Like, no. why would you just, like, and if Steven Seagal is a scary dude, you wouldn't, like, make that up about him because you'd be afraid Steven Seagal no. will fucking shoot you. You know what? If you were scared of Steven Seagal, you wouldn't. But if you had choked him out till he pooped his pants once like a baby, you would say you would it. Tell you everybody. Totally tell everybody. Yeah, I would tell everyone. I think Steven Seagal has to change his underwear after that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what's that feel like to be in yeah. a, Now the shoe is on the other foot. You're getting choked out like a polar bear. Better change that underwear. That is one of my favorite stories. There's actually a lot of good onset stories about him, which leads us to our next segment. Um, this is a game we like to play, and it is called Did I Do That? All right. So uh, the way this works is one of us will give the other one multiple choice questions. Um one of these things happened. One of these things Steven Seagal did do. The others are false. Uh, this week, I, this I will be... Yeah, I love this game, too. This week, I will be delivering these options to Mike, and he will have to choose which one of these Steven Seagal actually did and which are complete fantasy. This is how we play. All right. Option number one. Steven Seagal... <laughs> I love it already. <laughs> Steven Seagal claims to have invented the front kick to be a retired cia agent and to own a bulletproof kimono okay so he but that's not just one no these are, these are these are three and okay, one it's this not is, like hey this is what i'm claiming right now i invented the front kick. <laughs> <laughs> these are these are just i'm saying steven did steven seagal claim these three things okay so steven seagal claimed he invented the grunt front kick the grunt the, the gr- 30 odd foot of grunt the Russell 30 Crow's odd band. foot of grunt kick steven seagal claims he invented the front kick that he's well just- he did so leoto michida supposedly on that wikipedia story <laughs> credited or steven seagal credited leoto michida with crediting steven seagal for helping him <laughs> kick someone. Right. Okay. So number two is... Well, these are all part of number one. This is all, like, the first... Oh. Yeah. So let me go through all oh, four okay. of them. Sorry. So let me recap okay, number one. This so, is a The first one is a three-part <laughs> claim. Shit. Okay. This, is, this is his biography of himself, basically. Okay. Steven Seagal claims to that he invented the front kick. First <laughs> okay. person to ever do the front kick. And that he's also a CIA operative, and that he also owns a one-of-a-kind bulletproof kimono. Okay, so that's what I was saying. So this guy said this all in one statement. <laughs> yes, this is all in one statement. Okay. Okay. Or did he? I was making a, I was making a joke. But okay. <laughs> or did I make that okay. up? Okay. You'll have to, to, to find out. Did okay. he do that? Here's, yeah, did he do that? Option two. 
Steven Seagal once approached a stuntman on the set of Hard to Kill and offered to let the man kick him in the balls in front of everyone. The the stuntman accepted and kicked Steven in the balls so hard that he vomited. (laughs) (laughs) He does have a history of this behavior. (laughs) Option three. On the set of Out for a Kill, that is a That's totally, a real, totally a real movie. On the set of Out for I love he has Hard to Kill, Out, <laughs> out for, for Justice. Kill. Nice day for a kill. Yeah. Um, Up for killing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the set of Out for a Kill, crew members report Steven Seagal became so fed up with production that he began defecating with the door open <laughs> in his trailer bathroom. Oh, that's just, like an FDR move. Yeah, just to show his contempt for the, for the movie. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that's fucking insane. These are all so believable. <laughs> no. Um, number four. Steven Seagal claims to be a virtuoso guitarist and for years has accused Guns N' Roses guitarist (laughs) Duff McKagan of stealing the riff for Mr. Brownstone from him after he showed it to him at a chance meeting in a guitar center. So Duff McKagan... (laughs) <laughs> shopping at a guitar, a guitar center, center and Steven Seagal's noodling Holy and they shit. have a chance meeting and he shows him a new lick or <laughs> according to Steven this is what happened alright so <laughs> the t- kicked in the testicles <laughs> it's like okay so part of me wants to say these are all absolutely every single one of them is true and he did do that because <laughs> they all I mean the bulletproof kimono sounds absolutely like something he would say. It does sound like the something. kick in the testicles just throws me for a loop a little bit because he's already shit his pants. <laughs> How many times does this guy have to learn? <laughs> the I know, also, what was the first one? So it's like the testicles one, he's like <laughs> I love that he gets kicked so hard that he vomits yeah. <laughs> But the, he, you know, the thing is, he would spin that as like, that's obviously a natural defense mechanism. <laughs> oh my you vomit in their eyes. <laughs> they the remove face. their feet from your testicles. <laughs> and then you grapple them. Yeah. Then you choke them out so they shit their pants. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Alright, so I'm going to cancel out the... I would really love to say all four, whatever you said. Um, I'm going to cancel out the testicle one. Him saying he invented the front kick. See, I could see him saying he invented a certain kind of front kick, maybe. Like, redo, like, a little twist. But the front kick. (laughs) That's That's like, whoever invented walking invented the first front kick. Yeah, I did, like, a hundred of them. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) I got a desk job. (laughs) Um, All right, so what were the... Um, Tell me. Oh, so the Guitar Center one sounds totally fucking legit, except for that Duff McKagan probably doesn't go to Guitar Center. Yeah, but that th- but that doesn't matter though, because Steven Seagal saying it. Well, that's doesn't the thing. Mean Steven Seagal saying yeah. that Guns N' Roses stole a song from him. Yeah, like, of course he would say that. Oh man! And then what was the other one? I'm, I'm missing. One um, that he on the set of Out to Kill began defecating with no. the door open in his trailer to show contempt. I'm going with that one. That that's the real one. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> and the winner is not that one. No. That seems like he'd be a reader of history. Doesn't that like, seem like? Yeah. He already did because doesn't FDR also have a huge dick and he'd pull that thing out? Yeah, too? I stole that from FDR. Yeah. It seems like he would For do it. For sure. No, the real one is actually 
I'll just read it. Steven Seagal claims to have invented the front kick, (laughs) to be a retired CIA operative, and to own a bulletproof kimono. He said that. I believe... He legitimately said that. I'd say I could totally see him lying about being CIA, Mm -hmm. lying about the kimono, or even having (laughs) one that's like sort of a stiff kimono, and then being like, couldn't this be cool if it was bulletproof? Right. But then saying you invented the fucking front (laughs) That's the craziest one to me. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like you're the first person to think of kicking like... He's so brazen. He is absolutely. It's like I saw that movie Three Hundred, and that took place a long time ago. And that guy clearly front kicked someone into a well. Down a well. Yeah, yeah. That's a really tough claim. I mean, it's going to be hard for you to prove. um, What's the other one? That you're a retired CIA operative. Yeah, you can just kind of say that. No one can call you on it. You say all these things that are impossible to prove. Yeah. Um, and in detail with that one, he claimed that he was a CIA operative in Japan fighting the Yakuza. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I know. How dare he? How, how dare <laughs> you? Like, no one would notice this 6'4 fucking Jewish-Irish guy <laughs> stumbling around Kyoto. <laughs> fighting people in the, the streets. The old neon city of Kyoto. Uh, so you know what? Speaking of that, I have to say this. I'm glad that, that this came up. He's one of these people that pronounces foreign words with, like... A flair of authenticity oh, that is just not necessary. Yeah, it's like you know he loves saying like chitlins and shit like that. Yeah, too. yeah. Whenever he goes into one of his ethnic characters, he goes deep. Yeah. He was talking about his Japanese days in this interview, and he's like, "Master Murimoto." <laughs> and I was like, "Brought me to him all one day." Just say Master Murimoto. You don't have to like say it like a Japanese person. And it also like it said that he's fluent in Japanese and I fucking doubt that. I doubt it. Well, something I read said no one's ever seen him speak Japanese. Yeah. But he claims to be fluent in like four languages. Yeah. It's, it's not just Japanese. I know, like do you think he speaks Russian? He says he does. Yeah, he says a lot of shit. He said he invented the front kick. Yeah. Ugh. He's he said he didn't rape all those people, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think anyone's buying that. It's old opposite day in fucking Steven Seagal world. You know what would be crazy though? It had me thinking about this when I was doing this research. Is what if everything he's ever said is true? Yeah, and he I know just what if had he's the, one of those guys. He's just had the most remarkable life, and yeah. like we're laughing at him, but it's all true. And that's why he's so confident because he's like, I'm not lying. Yeah, I was a CIA operative. I have a bulletproof kimono. I invented the front kick. Do you think he has a bulletproof ponytail? Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, that might be why it's (laughs) like that goatee he has now. It's like hardened steel thread. (laughs) It's like his exoskeleton. It's like chitinous. (laughs) (laughs) That's also like his fat body is an exoskeleton too. It's like, I'm still lean under here. How could you have the audacity to become to claim to be such a martial artist when you're 65 and clinically obese? I know, yeah, that like, he still says like I would just fuck anybody up. He's not one of these guys that rests on his laurels. Like he still a- acts and talks like he'll beat up yeah. anyone in the world. And no, and all, all those movies that he does now, the one that we watched a few years ago or whatever. He does all these fight scenes, but it's like the camera's like pressed up into his chest, so you can't see what he's doing. Right. There's a lot of he's. I mean, he's always done the like hand slap thing. Yeah, like, like slapping those, hands. Like those guys that like fight that wooden stick monster. It's like the <laughs> like, patty cake martial yeah. art. But it's like, so he still pretends like he's an action guy. 
Mm-hmm. And then you see Jackie Chan movies and he'll still like slide down poles and like roll over tables and it's clearly him, you know? Yeah. He'll like beat up a circle of men around him by swinging a ladder around his neck. Yeah. <laughs> That's his thing. Jackie Chan loves ladders. Yeah, for sure. He loves, that. Yeah, he loves like construction objects. Yeah. Well, have you ever seen that interview? Not to get into Jackie Chan. This isn't talking about Jackie. Yeah. Man, I could do a whole thing about Jackie. I would love I to. I grew up with him too. He's, I actually like him. Yeah. But he does. He has like this whole silly warehouse somewhere in Hong Kong where it's all just like construction props and scissor lifts uh-huh. and fucking ladders and fire extinguishers. And he just like plays with them all day to figure out. What a out, fucking cool guy. Like, what's my next fun gag? Like, yeah. maybe I like spray the fire extinguisher over the ladder and then like I do a somersault. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you think Steven Seagal does that much fucking work? No. And Jackie Chan had a bulletin board full of um, cards where he'd be like moving moves around like no i slide down the ladder and then i'm gonna do the ah. somersault and he'll like arrange it it's he's I love that. fucking smart and you know what he actually did know bruce lee yeah he did and bruce lee actually liked him steven yeah. and jackie's not lying and his story checks out because they're both chinese they're both chinese <laughs> and you know what there's pictures and video of them together yeah you fucking liar <laughs> <laughs> you fucking goddamn liar can we? I don't know if there's. If we should even look up the picture. If there's a picture of Steven Seagal and Bruce Lee, because if there is, I kind of just don't even want to know it exists. I don't either. But I, I did hear him talk about when Brandon Lee died. He said, in typical Steven Seagal fashion, when he would have stopped the bullet. <clears throat> yeah. He basically he said that within five minutes of him getting shot on the set, um, they meaning whoever the director the producers called Steven Seagal. Oh my god. Before anyone What else. should we do? Yeah, what should we do? And Steven's like, I was shooting a movie in the Carolinas and I got this call about Brandon Lee. They said uh, some guy just shot him and and you know, we don't know what to do. What do we do, Steven? <laughs> I swear to God, he said all of this. And he's and they said, he said was, first of all, have you heard of the front kick? Yeah. Second of yeah. all, <laughs> did you have know you that tried CPR? You should have put him in my bulletproof kimono. <laughs> yeah. Well, they said it, it was a blank. It was, there's no way I couldn't shot him. It was a blank. <laughs> and I said, guys, fellas, calm down. There was a bullet in that gun. <laughs> and they said, Stephen, there's no way we checked. And I said, shut up. <laughs> You'd look tomorrow. There's gonna be a bullet in that kid's body. And sure enough, they called me the next day and said, Stephen. How they, How did you know? And I said, what the hell are you talking about? And they said, they found a bullet in Brandon Lee. And I said, I told you. <laughs> and that was the end of the story. <laughs> that was literally like... That didn't happen either, Verbatim. Right? There's no there way. No <laughs> There's no fucking way. <laughs> That's verbatim what he said. I listened to it as I drove home today and was like, this guy's out of his fucking mind. <laughs> He's bragging about knowing. Like, yeah, I knew that kid was dead. I told him that being a bullet. Maybe he's Marlon Brand. <laughs> that did slip into a major kind of Marlon thing there. I told him that being a bullet. <laughs> so I'd stick a butter in my ass. <laughs> oh my god. The first one that comes to you with the prop pistol. He's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Whose bullet was this? Whose Who, hot dog was this? Who? Tell me this. Was there a hot dog on set? <laughs> tell me. Whose hot dog was it? Let me tell you. You open that kid up tomorrow, I bet you you'll find a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell you what. 
You look in my toilet bowl tomorrow. I bet you you find a mess. <laughs> what? Every time I take a shit, I need this guy to come over and choke me out over the toilet. <laughs> you look in my pants after I get choked. You're gonna find a mess. You open that kid up tomorrow. I bet you'll find two things: boxing gloves, boxing memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what. Call me tomorrow. Go to Muhammad Ali's museum in, in uh, St. Louis. And you can tell me what you find in there, because I guarantee it's going to be memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, they called me tomorrow. Steven, you can't believe it. How did you know? I said, what the fuck are you talking about? They said, the memorabilia. It's everywhere. I said, I told you. <laughs> well, do you think it's time to sum them up? <laughs> yeah, let's sum them up. Come on now, sum them up, boys. that song it's such a good song that i wish that our theme song was that engaging so sean you want to sum him up i hate this guy (laughs) (laughs) i really don't like this guy i think he's a miserable person he's everything he i I hate to keep bringing the president back into it but he is like the same guy it's this quintessential ugly american he's cocky dumb yeah a liar fucking pushy loud a cultural co-opter he's sensitive he's a fucking sex he's offended predator. by fucking everything yeah it, it, exactly he's out of shape he's a braggadocio he's kind of a neckbeard too he like marries all these asian women yeah. like oh such a neckbeard yeah yeah he's one of these weird white guys that like he was like the progenitor of all the weird white yeah. guys that have fallen in love with asia and have like sex pillows and I know stuff. he like fetishizes it instead of actually just like liking it or respecting it. Yeah, because you know what? Because he thinks he can go there, I'm gonna be six foot four in Japan and fuck everyone up. Exactly. That, and that's exactly right. And he minces around in these cartoonish Asian outfits, not as a sign of respect for the culture, but because he's doing some sort of an Asian minstrel show. Yeah. He has like the last samurai sort of syndrome where he's like I went there and I learned all the stuff that they had to teach and now I do it better than all of them. Yeah. And I'm like a god to these people. And the whole time <laughs> they forgot that you could use your feet to kick. Yeah. And you know what these schmuck among goos never <laughs> <laughs> never knew? Is even how to do I know his his Jewishness always slips into his Italians. <laughs> these goddamn matzo balls over here. <laughs> kick my matzo balls so hard up into me I puked all over. <laughs> These couple of putts, these putts and malonies. We even figured out how to do a front kick. <laughs> well, now they got some memorabilia. Oh, okay, so sum them up, Mike. Yeah, I'll sum them up. But so I, earlier I said I had two under siege stories. So oh yeah, the second yeah. part of it will tie into. I don't like the guy. He seems like a real piece of shit. But I do have like a soft spot for him because I grew up with him mm-hmm. and with Under Siege. So went to go see it when I was six years old, taken out of Saturday school. And then five, six months ago during the summer, I went up to my family's river property and I did acid up there. (laughs) And for like three hours, I was having a great time. I was really high on acid. And then I was like, shit, there's like eight more hours of this. And I got like kind of tired of it. And I was just like, fuck, I just want to be done with it. Uh And there's like a cabin up there. And while everyone was like hanging out outside, I went into the cabin and our buddy John came in, and he was like, you all right, Michael? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just, like, fucking done, you know? Don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, I'm going to put a movie on for you. 
and they have all these VHS tapes <laughs> there. And I was like, yeah. He was like, what do you want to watch? And I was like, I think Under Siege is over there. <laughs> <laughs> and John put on Under Siege for me in this cabin, and I just laid there on acid, like, trying to come down That's from so it. Funny. And watched Under Siege with fucking Gary Busey as the bad guy, like, Man. dressed in fucking crazy old makeup. and <laughs> Another maniac of Hollywood. It was so good. And so it's like part of that stuff, I could always go back to those first five movies with Steven Seagal. Mm-hmm. and watch them all the time and have a great time. But every time I think about the man, he's just a fucking horrible guy. He's a horrible guy. But you're right. There is something about his, at least a small portion of his entertainment. I mean, it, it just must be like that 1980s, early 90s action stuff. Like, could always watch Predator. Mm-hmm. Could always watch Terminator 2. Yep. Yep. Could always watch Out for Justice or Under Siege. You know, like... Yeah, Totally. It's it, good. And you know what? I will never mistake the art with the artist or yeah. have a problem with this dude, especially because <clears throat> Steven Seagal is not an artist, so you don't even have to fucking do that. No, he's a hired actor. So yeah. I, with the exception of Above the Law, which I know he had help writing and I don't think he <laughs> yeah. directed. Um, yeah, I mean, it, some of those are pretty good. And you know what I will give him since we're going to since we're summing him up here is that rewatching his old action movies, they are way more brutal than action movies are today. And they have, like, yeah. there's some ultra-violent no, stuff. We're missing that right now. Yeah. You need, like, I mean, John Wick or whatever, that stuff, it's all Cartoony. flashy, but it's it's not that fucking good. You no. need a guy who goes into a bar, talks about memorabilia with a fake <laughs> accent, and then just, like, seriously, people, watch that fucking fight scene and Out for Justice. It's yeah. amazing. It is actually He kicks the shit really out of people, good. and in, like, a good, brutal, fun way. And <clears throat> he's a really bad guy. Like, the character's not even likable. You're just yeah. watching a movie about a fucking asshole going around yeah. beating people up. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, I guess, one thing we should say before we get out of here, because I can't believe we didn't mention it already. Steven Seagal, part of his shtick, which is really funny, is that he never gets touched. Oh, I know. oh yeah. His clothes are always perfect. Yeah. His ponytail never gets pulled out. No one ever lands a punch. I know. No, like he has. What a vein. You know who does that now is Vin Diesel. Yeah. Like in he? his in uh, the Fast and the Furious movies, he has a thing in his contract that says he can never lose a fight. He can only win or tie. So he'll tie with someone and then come back and beat the shit out of them later. Right. But he can never lose a fight. Wow. Way to be a great storyteller. Yeah. Ben. Yeah, that's like Steven invented that. Like, usually it's fun to see your character lose because then they grow to overcome. And that's also, like, the the main thing in, like, writing and movie making. And I guess maybe it's tired and he knew that. But, like, the third act is the down point. Mm-hmm. The guy is fucking down and out. They've been shot. Their wife's been killed. I mean... He's had his wife killed in a ton of movies, Steven Seagal. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, like, and possibly a couple in real, life. real lives. Yeah. yeah. But something always bad happens to them, but not Steven Seagal. He's always on top. No, he walks through everything like it's no problem, which yeah. is... I mean, he has a bulletproof kimono, so... Exactly. I don't know why it works in some of his movies, but it kind of does. It's fun to see someone who just can't be touched. But I wouldn't recommend that to any other budding action stars. It seems like a terrible idea. Yeah. Like, the characters don't grow. It's It's just dumb. Oh, yeah. There's no growth with this guy. No growth with this guy. I mean, at all. In his life, either. He seems like he's the same smug prick he was when he's 30. He's still Gino Felino to me. He's always going to be Gino Felino to me. Well, Mike, is there anything else that you'd like to say about uh, about our buddy, Steven? No, I just had a great time doing this. This was really fun. Guys, thank you so much for joining us, uh, talking about Steven, and we will see you next time. 
Bye. Don't stop the Steven.